BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Victor Davis Hanson Show, The Traditionalist. I'm Jack Fowler, the co-host and the director of the Center for Civil Society at American Philanthropic. Today, I'll be asking some questions of our co- of, oh, well, the host. He's not the co-host. I'm the, I'm the co-host. Uh, but the the uh, namesake of the show. <laughs> I got to watch my back. I better watch my back. <laughs> you Listen, you just have one job around here. Just answer the questions. Let me tell people who you are. You're the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution, the Wayne and Marsha Busk Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. I want to encourage our listeners to go to your website, Private Papers. The web address is Victor Hansen. S-O-N, VictorHanson.com. There you will find a trove of original material written by Victor. You're not going to find anywhere else. You'll find a link there for his weekly email, The Week in Review. Sign up. You'll find a link for his forthcoming book, out in October in print, but you can buy it now. It's called The Dying Citizen. Heartily recommend folks do that. Essayist, classicist, military historian. Victor's also the editor at large of Hoover Institution's very important online journal, Strategica. You can't get enough of Victor, you want more? You're on Facebook, find VDH's Morning Cup. You're on Twitter, at VD Hansen. Now today on The Traditionalist, we're gonna be talking about a couple of things. Biden, compass mentis, Biden calling for two more years of public education, Biden and gas tax. Uh, we could just talk about Joe Biden all day. A Tucker Carlson unmasked, the Olympics coming up. Americans who are embarrassed to be Americans uh, will be um, performing. And if we have time, we'll get to a free speech, uh, important free speech ruling that came down from the Supreme Court on July 1st. And let's start talking about Joe Biden, but we'll do it right after this message. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We are back on the Victor Davis Hanson Show, The Traditionalist, July 8th, Thursday, July 8th. That's when we're recording. Victor, a couple of things. Let's start off getting your take on things Biden. Uh, two things in particular. Uh, one, of course, you're an educator. You've written many things about education policy, et cetera, in America. Here we have our president calling for 
extending education in America for two years. Now, I know in his uh, speech before the joint session of Congress, he actually seemed to have called for four more years, although I think that meant two years of we'll pay for you to go to community college and maybe some preschool. But yeah, he, he was, he's, he's calling now for an extended education for two years so Americans uh, can compete on the global level. I don't know, Victor, when your community college is really remedial work for what you didn't learn in high school, this just sounds like, first of all, an unworkable idea, but if anything, a payoff for uh, the uh, National Education Association. That's my gut take on it and quick. But Victor, what do you have to say about well, this call? Well, remember about all of this are two things. One, he just says stuff without any idea how to pay for it. So why not have five years? Why not eight years? Why not 10 years? It'd be like me sitting out here in a farmhouse and say, you know what? I need a new Massey tractor, but you know what? I need two new pickups. It's important. It's essential to me to be competitive and I'll, I'll just get them. But never do I have $65,000 for this or that, or how do I pay for it? Or I bought never. So that's the first thing to remember. The second is that he assumes that you get a brand like a cattle brand, community mm-hmm. AA degree, BA degree, high school diploma. And that means something it doesn't. Yeah. It may be for his warped world of uh, statistics that he thinks are the the education industry's warped system. But what's basically happened is the eighth graduating from the eighth grade now is about the same amount of knowledge that was the fourth grade 30 years ago. A high school diploma is an eighth grade graduation degree. A BA is a high school diploma of 30 years. An MA is, today's MA is like a BA 20 years ago. And a PhD is like an MA. That's just the way it is. And we everybody knows it. Every single system, every single program has been become therapeutic. And it has to be that way. When you say that your primary goal is inclusion, to get as many people into the university, A, stuffed in and then to turn them out on the back end and have them branded so they can get a job that requires a particular BA or AA or MA brand and to get them all through. And I saw it happen when I was in the Cal State system. I started in 84 with, gosh, Humanities of the Western World, Homer's Iliad, Virgil's Aeneid, some poems of Horace, maybe Boethius, Machiavelli, Da, 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 da. I went all the way up to the Middle Ages and then six, four, two. And finally, when I 21 years later, it was it was two. It was basically Homer and maybe Dante over right. 15 weeks. They couldn't do it. This was happening simultaneously with triumphalism. We we have more of this group than we've ever had. We were doing this. We turn out this. And the, if you look at the national scene, the average completion of college is about 51, 52% actually get a BA. And of that, the average length to get it has gone from about four and a quarter years to six years. And the debt is gone now. It's up to $1.7 trillion in aggregate student debt. So whatever this stuff is, it's turning out students that have more brands, that know very little and less each year who are very arrogant and confident and are in greater debt. And he wants to perpetuate it. So yeah, that's that's a sweet spot for him. Uh, He's a constitutional scholar because he taught at some 
law school in Delaware one Saturday morning, once a month. And of course, his wife is a doctor. It's very important. We call her Dr. Yes. Biden. His whole life has been that way. It's been a complete academic sham, whether we want to talk about his being caught plagiarizing or his lying about he was the top third of his law school or his quote unquote Delaware professorship, which was even thinner or less existent than Barack Obama's quote unquote constitutional professorship. And then his, I, I guess it was Amy Gutman, she the president of the University of Pennsylvania that gave him his visiting professorship, at almost mm -hmm. a million bucks a year. And then I guess she's now ambassador designate to Germany. He, he looks at the university the way Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton do, and Joe Biden. It's kind of like a safety zone right. where academics uh, fawn all over left-wing politicians, and then they shower them with phony degrees. And then in turn, the politicians are supposed to lobby for all of these therapeutic causes that academia turns out. And it's every, I don't know why we just concentrate on the media, 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 Democrats, Democrats, progressives, but the marriage between the university and the left is, is even more pernicious. Victor, two other things about Biden. First, let's, let's get your take on the um, extended, but I think pronounced uh, issue of compass mentis. So Joe Biden was in Michigan, went to a pie shop, was buying pie. A reporter asked permission to ask a question. This had to do with the massive hacking that went on uh, last week, the first day or two of the end of June, early July, we had a leader of the free world that really had trouble multitasking, which the multitasking was answering the question while uh, paying for his his pie. It reminded me a little of uh, a scene at the end of Mad, 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 Mad World where uh, the great Buster Keaton is totally confused about what's going on. He's moving in all directions. He doesn't know where he's going or really what he's doing. And uh, I'm not, I, okay, I can't deny I'm mocking a little bit here, our, the president, but he is the president. He is allegedly the leader of the free world. He could not speak with clarity. And I cannot imagine a, a kind of a scene that would have made uh, the leaders of China and Russia and Iran and others uh, happier. You know, when this all started, when people remember we were quoted, we heard that Joe Biden was told by Barack Obama, Joe, you don't have to do this in 2015. And we were told that Hillary ran and got the nomination, not Joe Biden, who was a logical choice as vice president because of non mentos issues eight to 10 years ago. Okay, so everybody knows that Joe is not up to it. The question everybody has is twofold. One, do you really need to be up you know, in full command of your faculties. And by that, I mean, can you have a kitchen cabinet? We know that Woodrow Wilson was flat on his back for the last year of his presidency, where Edith Wilson ran the country with her advisors and had communiques out every week. The president is making amazing progress. He's resting today. He did a full day's work. You remember that? And everybody cites it, but <laughs> I was on a long flight not long ago, and I looked at that old... Um, Star Trek show, you remember they go to this planet, I think it was called Elkos, and there's John Gill, and he's this guy who's going to institute fascist tactics and just because he thinks they need order, and then pretty soon right. they dope him up and he stands in front of the camera and there's this, you know, the, the brains behind it, and he's just sort of an empty shell, and that's sort of what 
Joe Biden. I hate to say it, he is. Yeah. The question is, do we need someone? And I think we do. But they're, the Democrats are saying to us, we don't need, we just need him to, to be on a television screen and go through the props. And we're, and he can't do that. By that, I mean, Jack, he can't hide the props. Right. He takes, he's not supposed to take the letter out of the pocket. He's supposed right. to, you know, as he's walking, rememorize that and then put it back into the pocket. He's not supposed to say to the press corps, they won't let me do this or I'm going to get in trouble. He's not supposed to do that. He's not supposed to look over to Kamala Harris or Jill Biden for where am I and who am I and what am I doing? And he does. And he's not supposed to say, no, who am I supposed to call on or who's in the order at the press conferences? So he can't get the props right. And the final thing very quickly is, this is highly ironic, as usual, with the left, because they told us that Donald Trump was insane. They got this bandy from right. Yale for her, the psychiatrist. We need right. an intervention. We should be escorted out. You know, very unethical for a psychiatrist, psychologist to diagnose someone in abstentia. We went through that with Goldwater in 1964 with the American right. Psychiatric right. Yeah, they were yeah. censored for that said he was crazy and everything. They always do that. They said it with Reagan that he was uh, senile the last two years. They, they wheeled out Ron Reagan Jr. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then um, we are, were also told that John McCain had 11 houses. And he didn't know where he was, which of the 11. And there were those senior moments. They ran ads in 2008 that hinted that he was in his 70s. I think he was 72, too old to be president, we were told. And then... Um, Donald Trump had to take the Montreal cognitive assessment and he bragged that he aced it. So my point is that they're always, as they always are, they're always on record that this is a key issue that every conservative president has mental issues. And then when they have somebody like this, that really does, then you're making fun of the ill. You can't win either way because if you say non compos mentes, then you're making fun of older people as if yeah. everybody who has memory problems or onset Alzheimer's has a right to be president. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a sad thing, truly sad thing rather than a, than a mocking thing. But, uh, well, we got one, one more item to talk about Joe Biden. And then, then I'd like us, uh, you, Victor, not us, uh, to get into this Tucker Carlson unmasked scandal quickly biden another utterance and i agree with you says things for the sake of saying them but he hammered the uh energy industry with the threat of a 90 billion dollar tax hit and maybe that's just malarkey to use his one of his words but the disconnect between how important energy has been for prosperity in america and actually the elimination of poverty globally, there is a very distinct link between energy and poverty or the lack of energy and, and poverty. And it's just a crazy ass bugaboo for this guy. Well, you got to start another premise, and that is the upper, upper middle class or the professional classes or the very wealthy, the bicoastal elite, start with a premise that they have now beat the system. That means they have their homes, homes, plural, they have their transportation. They have their kids in prep school. They have money in the bank. They're going to probably going to inherit a lot of money. And therefore, they're not pressed by these cruddy, crappy, crass pressures that make the 
the on-wash hoi polloi do really stupid things like buy jet skis right. or buy a pickup or something. So anyway, they have all these plans. And one of them is that we're going to really, I think the gas tax in California now has went up to 51 cents. The federal's almost 20, so 70 cents. It's going to go up higher because these people have money galore. And they look around the world and they think, it's not perfect. But I have a JD from Harvard. I have right. a PhD from Stanford. It's not perfect. Whose fault is that? It's their fault. And they don't know what's good for them. So here's what I'm going to do. I have everything I need. I have extra cash. Why don't we just all pay a little bit more for kilowatts, for gas, for property taxes, for income taxes, and then we'll get a little bit cleaner air and we we'll, won't worry about climate change. However, if I'm John Kerry, and I'm quoting literally now, Jack, and I have to have this to win the battle, for a person like me, I have to have this, it, this being his private plane on loan from his wife or David Geffen right in the middle of the COVID epidemic saying, here I am in the Caribbean with pictures of his $550 million yacht as if he's being wise. And we're all, I thought when I saw that, I thought, wow, that's a good idea. You can go out and see, and then you won't get COVID. I'll just go into Fresno and go to the local boat company and buy the $550 million yacht with a crew of 50 and hang out. So these people are totally clueless, but they're like Marie Antoinette, you know, playing and dressed up in peasant garb, picking daisies outside of Versailles. And they don't deserve any attention. And it's across the board. They have private security. They live in really Tony neighborhoods. And as civilization crumbles around them in the Bay Area or in San Francisco, to take one example, they lecture everybody on guns. And Biden is, I don't know what Biden is, to tell you too, Jack. I think he's just a tool or some method or mechanism of, the, of these people. But yeah. he's renounced everything that he was. Right. If you shook him up and said, you know, Joe, Remember you, Joe Biden, you, you created this whole career as old Joe Biden from Scranton with your chain that took on corn pop and told black professionals they're all going to put you in chains. And you were supposed to be the white working Catholic boy who had a little tinge of racism to appeal to people. That's who your fake identity was. And now you've completely renounced it or have you. One thing about Joe Biden is there's one thing that guy cannot handle, and that is he, beneath these layers and layers of cognitive dissonance and inabilities and feebleness, he does have some weird hang up on race. He really he does. does. Yeah. He calls an African-American journalist junkie. Hey, what if I called you junkie or you ain't black or professionals? They're going to put you all in chains or the donut quote or Barack Obama's the first black or the corn pop sagas. And then the other thing he has, he's got a real insecurity. You know, it's, I'm going to take Donald Trump behind the right. gym, beat him up. When I was a young kid, I took that kid's head and slammed it down. Yeah. I went out and cut out six foot of chain to take on Corn Pop. And, you know, I, I told Biden, you know, but now it's a character, right? So he goes over and tells Putin, hey, listen, mister, come on, man. These are the sites that you guys can't hack. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Take down this industry, destroy that industry, but don't touch this and this, please. Yeah. It's a weirdo, tough guy. We've discussed it before. The, uh, on the, even on the Catholic angle, I'm going to jam my rosary beads down your throat. I mean, who can even 
think of that. It's such a such a freaking weirdo. But Victor, we got to move on from from uh, Scranton Joe. Uh, Tucker Carlson is waiting for us. So Tucker, uh, I, mean, I make a little presumption. I mean, you're more than an acquaintance of, of Tucker. You're on his uh, Fox show uh, generally uh, weekly. I would assume uh, that you, you are friendly, if not friends. Uh, I knew Tucker a long time back as acquaintance. So nice guy back when you long ago with the weekly standard it was almost 25 years ago now. Uh, but he was making uh, public charges that he was being uh, surveilled by the national security agency that was mocked. And now it seems that it's been proven true and that he has been unmasked and that these um, actions would have needed the approval of uh, top Biden administration security officials. Uh, and this is a, a uh, let's use the left's phrase, a chilling effect that a, as a private citizen or even as a journalist, that that puts you in the crosshairs of our security officials who on top of everything else, I think this is the last thing I'll say before you get your thoughts on, they leaked this to um, Axios, that Tucker Carlson's emails, where he was trying to arrange an interview with Vladimir Putin. Victor, what are your thoughts on this whole ugly situation? The first is the Biden administration believes there is no deterrent left against abuse by the intelligence, uh, military, industrial complex. They feel that uh, the Barack Obama team survived the worst that could happen. Now, what would that be? When Samantha Power uh, had under her name, I guess, 250 requests to take the names, uh, the blackened names and take that out, and then they were mysteriously, I'm not saying she did it, but she said she didn't even know who used her name. No consequences at all. When Kevin Kleinsmith lied and doctored a document to get a FISA, he got a watered-down sentence. When asked on four occasions, the acting director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, according to the inspector general of the DOJ, he said, I don't know who leaked this stuff about the Clinton. I never talked to the all lies, lies, lies no consequences. When James Clapper said, under oath, the NSA never spies on Americans. That's illegal. And then when caught lying, he said, well, I gave the least untruthful answer. I had to. Excuse me. He was director of national intelligence. When John Brennan, the head of the CIA, said under oath, oh, we don't spy on the U.S. Senate that's investigating us. We would never tap into their staffer's computer. Lie. And when asked specifically, "Don't are you worried that the drone assassination program under Barack Obama is having a lot of collateral? We don't have any collateral damage. Lie. When James Comey went before the House Intelligence Committee, he was asked on 250 occasions for specific information about the view. And he said, I don't remember. I don't recall. As we said earlier, Jack, try that with the IRS. And then finally, remember, Robert Mueller was brought up after this fiasco of the Dream Team special counsel, all that crap that found no collusion. He was asked specifically because this whole thing started with fusion GPS, who was behind the Perkins Cole firewall, which was behind the DNC firewall, which led to Hillary Clinton channeling money so they could hire Christopher Steele to create this phony dossier and then leak it. And that was what prompted Comey and everybody else to get on the collusion bandwagon. So when they finally bring Mueller up, he says, I don't know what confusion is. I never got into that. How about Christopher Steele? His dog? I don't know. I have no idea. So 
he had no idea about what caused, what was the prompt for his entire existence as a special counsel. So these people, what I'm getting at, Jack, they habitually lie. They habitually lie under oath and they face no consequence. We found that with Michael Flynn. So the reason I'm saying this is when the NSA said Tucker is wrong, we are prohibited by law of spying on American citizens unless they're directly engaged. And then we unmask their names unless they're you know, principles and some type of spying. Uh, you can assume that that was a lie. And what they were doing was they were monitoring various people in the United States that have relations with Russia. And they were specifically, when names came up, they concentrated or focused on conservative names. By that, I mean, when NBC a month ago wanted to have a interview with Vladimir Putin, the only way you can do that is contact Russian intermediaries, whether right. they're Russian citizens or Russian nationals or they're in Russia. And I can be assured that the NSA under Joe Biden did not go after them. When Tucker Carlson and his producer did, they did. And then somebody in a routine, you know, trying to get a promotion or kiss ass or whatever, they, oh, look, 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 there's Tucker talk. And that was passed around. And then somebody came up with a bright idea. You know, this guy is our biggest enemy. Every single issue that we are trying to promote, he gets on every night and attacks. And we're going to put him down. We'll just leak a little bit. So why don't you release that, that he's talking to the Russians, his email. And that's what happened. And they got caught. And now that you know they got caught because the NSA's defense was essentially, we're not targeting him. We don't do that to American citizens. Now, if you want to think that we indirectly, indirectly, target him and then we somehow unmask his name and then somehow somebody in the administration looked at that intercept and then somebody you know gave it to a friendly reporter and that friendly reporter then leaked it to the press in general and then somebody got embarrassed about it and tipped off tucker if you want to say all that i don't know about it that may be true and that's where we are right now one thing it has the potential of scandal because if it is found out that somebody in the national security staff who would have access to that transcript asked for that name to be redacted from the NSA. And if that name was redacted under that person's orders right. and that leaked out, then I think that person committed a felony and that person could be very, very high up in the Biden administration right. under normal times. If this was Donald Trump's administration, this would be all over the New York time. Right. But we'll see. Yeah, well, as you just noted, though, these things tend not to get people uh, prosecuted for criminal acts, depending on what party you belong to. Uh, Victor, we have time uh, for one. Maybe we can get a, a, a quick, quick second. But let's talk about the uh, upcoming Olympics and uh, how it plays into these cultural trends in America and wokeness. First of all, I just we learned today the Olympics are, are going to be held, but they are going to be spectatorless uh, in Japan based on some new uh, COVID uh, concerns or outbreak. Um, in the last week or so, uh, American women, and it may be other examples, uh, have famously uh, tr trying out for Olympic-based uh, sports, individual and or team and have shown their disdain for the United States 
including the other day the, uh, uh, w- the the women's national soccer team when the when the Star Spangled Banner was played, a number of the women turned their backs. That happened also at a track and field event. So, Victor, to me, uh, growing up, uh, Olympics were were a great thing, and it's one of those many uh, uh, civic society things that I think unified Americans. You know, we were all rooting for Americans during the Olympics. And now the participants who want to represent America in this global event are showing their disdain for America. There's a, there's a, a warpness there, but um, I think it's another sign of the uh, degradation of our society, particularly American society. You have any thoughts on this, Victor? I start with a principle, Jack, that if you want to take off a year and do anything, let's say Jack Fowler wants to be a master gardener. So right in the middle of your career, you say, you know what, I'm just going to take off time and then really practice. Somebody's going to pay for that. Yeah. So all of these athletes indirectly or directly are subsidized. Either they're, they belong to sports clubs or they're on national teams, but somebody, the government or private advertise, are paying for it. So these are not poor people who are victims of American society. And keep that in mind. So when you read Mr. Kendi, I think his name is Rogers. He was brought up by upper middle-class parents who worked hard, very stable African-American family, upper middle-class. Same thing with Ta-Nehisi Coates, same thing with Cornell West. We're not talking about people who grew up in poverty. When I was a kid, I would read, you know, the autobiography of Malcolm X, or I'd read Soul and Ice by Elvich Cleaver, or Man Child in the Promised Land by Claude Brown. And these were all people of the inner city. Right. And they gave a graphic account of both racism and criminality and death and destruction. These people are psychodramatists, they're melodramas. It's all about, well, my dad waved to me from the court and that was really, he got rebuked from that or I know that person doesn't like me or I was passed over this kind of stuff. And so this is what the environment that these athletes are working in and it's performance art. So Miss Barry, for example, was the better than average hammer thrower. She came in third. She puts on the big lashes, bright light lipstick. And then she says, you know what? In her mind, Colin Kaepernick did this. And everybody got angry at him. And he was a mediocre quarterback that was at the end of his career. And he would have been faded into obscurity, if not humiliation. And the guy's worth $100 million. It's a great stick. So that's what she's doing. And she got, who ever heard of her? I mean, she didn't do anything except insult the national anthem. So that's what people are doing right now. And the second thing is some of them, when they do it, they're so isolated that they're not quite sure about the reaction. And so they put their finger in the air and they say, now, on the one hand, the wind blows with money and fame and attention. But on the other hand, there's a lot of people get angry in a 50-50 country. So no sooner do they do this than Miss Barry says, well, I didn't know they were going to spring the anthem on me. That's not fair. I'm not sure, you know, I kind of want it. And on the one hand, I kind of, don't on the other, but maybe I would have, maybe, but this isn't my country, but you know what? I have no problem. That kind of, or the women's soccer team said, well, these four people thought the flag was over there. And these three people were looking at uh, the 98 year old harmonic harmonicist uh, 
not the flag. And then these six people had the hand on the heart, but these really wanted to, but they, so they're not diehard revolutionaries. Like LeBron is the same thing. No sooner do they get the attention and then the, the pushback and then they say, well, you know, but they're psychodramas of the upper middle and middle classes. And that's, that's a deeper problem in this country that we will not touch. And that is that we have substituted race for class. Right. And we've said that if you have an immutable uh, appearance, then you are going to be forever and either an oppressor or an oppressed, a victimizer, or a victim in our, our binary, absolutely divided world in Marxist terms. But it's not Marxist class. So Oprah, Gwen Berry, Cornel West, Mr. Kendi, uh, Meghan Markle, the Obamas in their Martha's Vineyard keep, LeBron up in the LA Hills, you name it, they're all victims. And they know they're not victims because they're multi, multi, multi millionaires or they got all this attention or Miss Phyllis Queller's the Marxist BLM in Topanga Canyon with her three other homes and her new $35,000 fence. They know they're not. So they have to come up with things. And these are called microaggressions or systemic racism. There's always an adjective there, Jack, because they can't say this person said, don't go in there because you're black. And so they understand that a country that elects a black president or Maxine Waters as a congresswoman or a vice president like Kamala Harris is not a systemically racist country. Right. They understand that. And we're supposed to sit here and say, you know what? Lamar Jones, who is a Oklahoman out there and he uh, rebuilds transmissions out there in Norman, Oklahoma in a machine shop and he makes $35,000 a year. He's never gone to college and nobody in his family's ever gone to college. And uh, his kids will never be eligible for affirmative action, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He is privileged because right. he looks white. I don't know his pedigree. Maybe he has some Navajo blood, who cares? But he looks white and LeBron from, and his kids and the Obama children are gonna be victims. And that guy owes them because 150 years ago, 170 years ago, that guy's ancestors owned slaves and that guy's ancestors were a slave. And, or we can go, you know, 100 years and go back to Jim, right. whatever it is, it's exactly what Euripides said, you know, blaming the sins of the fathers and the grandfathers onto the present generation. And it won't, it won't stop until people say stop. Right. And they haven't done that yet. Yeah. Uh, we've actually run out, but I do want to say a thing or two about our listeners. That we ask them, first, we ask them to listen, and obviously they, they do. We do ask those who are on iTunes if they would leave uh, ratings. I do want to say that there have been about close to 800 ratings. Maybe two have been not five stars. The rest have been. So the show is uh, proving to be uh, remarkably uh, popular. So we thank folks that do leave the ratings. I, and I, I do want to read to you today, if you don't mind. This is from G.J. Nether, and it's titled uh, A Gift from the Lord. And I'm going to make sure that uh, Mrs. Hansen hears this so she knows who she's married to. It says, so thankful that VDH has decided that now is the time to be heard. Some of us still believe that the truth will set us free. Special thanks to VDH for sharing 
the truth, even if it goes against the grain of the popular culture, sort of like a voice crying out in the wilderness, let's all spread the word about VDH and share with others his wisdom and insight. And get, again, it is titled A Gift from the Lord. And um, uh, one other, Victor, this is by um, N for BPP. That's, but he actually signed his name as Paul. Great. That's what it's titled. VDH is an American treasure. I have read all of his books and follow his writings for 20 years. Here you and I will get the truth. Listen, you will not regret listening to this great man. This is a very, very, I think, touching thing. I wish he were my father. Think what I might have learned. But Dr. Hansen, the problem in America is the people. They're the ones who vote for liberals to think. After all the good things Trump did, they threw him out for Biden. The people love playing Russian roulette. Thank God you are here, Paul. So thank you, Paul, and others who'd listen, who spread the word, et cetera. So we're a little short on time. to Victor, I want to make sure you heard. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I, I, you. I, yeah. I, I, I used to teach uh, John in Greek, and I think that was John... Oh I yeah, don't know, 122. And then I'd like to the, the, yeah. yeah, you remember yeah. the the Vulgate translation in Latin is much. It's actually more eloquent than the Greek. It's vox clamatis in deserto, a voice, wow. uh, the voice of one screaming in the, the desert. And I'm not sure that I'm the voice. I know I scream a lot, clamatis, yeah. but I do think we're in deserto. <laughs> in All right, desert right now. Wow, you're trying to out. Uh, Catholic Bible me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Right well, now. you know, when you teach, I used to teach Chase and Phillips new introduction to Greek. And I tried to get through the 40 chapters in the first semester and a half. And then I tried to have the students read the first half of John. It's the easiest. It's, it's the easiest of four gospels. And then sometimes I read Mark, not, not, it didn't go as well with the students or Matthew, but over 20 some years, I got to almost memorize at least the book of John, Gospel of John. Oh, well, and, uh, we'll secretly, it was the most interesting. We'll secretly oh. uh, rebaptize you in, in Latin yes. someday. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, that's all the time we have. Victor, thanks so much to our listeners. Thanks very much. Uh, please catch the other podcasts that we do. I do another one with Victor on the classes. The great Sammy Wink also does a new weekly one with Victor called The Cultural List. We thank everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode of The Victor Davis Hanson Show. Thank you. Thank you.